Well, today, obviously, it is Mother's Day, and as I've already said, we are just so grateful for all you moms because we know the work that goes into it, and I don't think there's a mother that finds out she's going to have a baby that has a clue, especially the first one, right? Maybe after that, second, third, if you have more than that, I mean, by the third or fourth one, you're just popping them out, and they're, it's, it's just another day, but the first one or two, you know, it's, it's, just, it, it's just a lot of work, and your whole body changes, right? Not that I should know. I, I'm, this is just from my observation. Been around a few. Uh, my own wife, Pastor Barb, wherever she's at, probably. I don't know where she's at, with a baby, I guess. Anyway, um, I, I just marvel at what you ladies do, and, and it's not just the birth, but the birth is a, a miracle, and to see how you guys are stretched, and that, that head, anyway, I watched all four of our, babe, our boys uh, being born, and, and it was the highlight of my life, I've been there, and I have never had more respect for my wife. The first time, I almost passed out. After that, though, it was cool. I just, I knew what was coming, you know, sort of. I never did get over, though, the fact that that baby was covered in that stuff. I thought he was an alien, right? That white stuff, it's like, who is that? That can't be mine. You don't even look human. Anyway, but after they cleaned him up, it was, it was just like, oh, okay. That's where he is. He was underneath that stuff. God is so good. So today, and, and this isn't probably going to surprise you, let me just start by saying this. This is a message from Mark Cox. Uh, I've added my own stuff, but um, Mark is our... Uh, Convoy of Hope leader in the Assemblies of God, and he sent this to us a few weeks ago, and when I saw it, I went, I really like this. And it's called Dangerous Daughters. Oh, yeah. Hey, I think you're going to like this, all right? I got pumped just as I was putting it together. And I really believe that this is for you ladies, and, and I'll say this again later, but it's not if you haven't had a baby yet, this is for you. If you're a woman, this is for you, all right? So I just want you to know that today. And guess where the text is from? Come on. It's Mother's Day. Thank you. Somebody knew it. I want to start reading with this. Proverbs 31. I'm not going to read the whole book, just just so, or the whole chapter, just so you know that. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. I think that's pretty cool. Would you stand with me one more time? Lord, again, we wouldn't even be here without you. So we certainly want to invite you into this place today. Lord, this is just a building. Yes, it has a church name on it, the hope. But Lord, it's really all about you. It's about Jesus. It's about eternal life. It's about our salvation because you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. And Lord, today I just pray you would encourage, you would build up, you would be glorified in the, the women of our church today and that all of us would receive something from you. Lord, it's all about you and we want to give you permission to have your way with us. And again, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let me just say this. When we read, how many have read chapter uh, 30? All right, all of you, 31, well, I'd say 30. Uh, I'm dyslexic. 
One more time. How many have read chapter 31? All right. Many of you have. I'm not going to pick on you like I did Aaron last week. So. <laughs> Forgive me. I went after him like, what? And, and it was just one of those uh, weird situations as a pastor that I, afterwards we talked and, and we both believe the same thing. So um, we'll get into that again next week as I return to the last day message. But today, if you've read Proverbs 31, if you've read about this amazing woman of God, sometimes you can come away from it going, that's hard. That's hard to be like her. Right? I mean, if you read it, you know what I'm saying. If you haven't, you should read it. Men, you should read it. It's for all of us. In fact, the first portion of it is for the men. It talks about who you need to marry, a righteous woman, not some ungodly woman. Don't be unequally yoked. Ah. So Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, is all about the woman. And it's really it's a, a checklist, if you will, of and I use this word hesitantly, but it's of impossible standards. But is it really impossible? You can decide. It was never meant to be a list of titles. Nobody can be perfect. And this sometimes can define women in the church. Why aren't you more like that Proverbs 31 woman? Today, we want you ladies to shed this burden. We want you to embrace the highest title that you can have. Guess what it is? And this is the big idea. I want you to say this with me. I am a daughter of God. I am dangerous to my enemies. Now let's say it together. I am a daughter of God. I am dangerous to my enemies. Is this you? Did you know that the Bible is filled with dangerous daughters? Well, if you didn't, I'm going to share a few. These are dangerous fighters who go after the things of God. They fight for God's kingdom. Let's look at some of these. The first one, and, and I love this lady. You know why I love her? Because God picked somebody out that you're not just going to go, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I get it. Guess who it is? Rahab. Rahab. And you'll find this in Joshua 1 through 6. Chapters 1 through 6. Rahab was synonymous, her name was synonymous with sin. How many would like that? Probably not. Rahab the prostitute. Huh. Did you hear that before? Have you heard her name before? You know, in the Bible, we see a lot of this. Like, Jesus was known as the son of a carpenter. Now, come on. Go back with me. He was known as Jesus, the son of the carpenter. Mary, maybe Mary's known as a teacher. Rahab was known as a prostitute. And I might ask here, what title have those around you given you? What title are you, what's your tagline as you go through this life? Rahab the prostitute, she found no hope, she found hope, I'm sorry, in the love of God as she hid the Israelite spies in Jericho. Her heart shifted from the prostitute, the lifestyle of a sinner, and God spared her. He redeemed her from her sinful life. He refined her. And how many know God can do that with you today? Hallelujah, if he hasn't already. And this is the cool part. She found her identity in being a daughter of God. 
How cool is that? She became dangerous. <laughs> she refused, and this is, this is for somebody here today. She refused to allow her past failures, her mistakes, or her sinfulness define her life. Some of you need to hear this, all right? Some of you have beat yourself up your whole life because of the things that you're known for in your past. But God's here to say, you're my daughter. Amen. There's no higher title than this. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> she took back her story and I love this part. She reset her purpose. Sometimes we need to do that. You know, sometimes we just need to purely reboot like our computer. Nothing works. Nothing will fix it. And you hit that magic restart button and it reboots. And the next thing you know, it's back to where it should have been. Doing what it should do. Sometimes we need to do that. As children of God, we need a reset and we need to get back to the purpose that you were designed for. Like Rahab, you can take back your story and reset your purpose. Amen? Yeah. Rahab <laughs> was one dangerous daughter. Yeah. Who's the second one? Who said that? Good job. You are right on the nail. Ruth. And you'll find this, of course, in the book named after her. Ruth was an unmarried widow, eventually. Unmarried widow. Any unmarried widows in here? Yep. You can relate to this woman. Ruth thought her title was wife. But then her husband died. Maybe some of you have gone through this. She was poor. A widow and a foreigner. I can't imagine how she felt. She wouldn't have known the language well. She would have had issues with all the people around her because you know what? When somebody looks different than you, they treat you different. We see it all the time today. Now, thankfully, I, I don't feel that tension as much in this church. But there are churches that I've attended where I felt like an outsider. Or I saw others being treated as outsiders. That shouldn't be in the church. Amen. Ruth's mother-in-law, what was her name? What would what, you say? Did you say Laura? Well, I know what it is, but... I'm, I'm, this guy down here, ushers, keep an eye on him. So I don't want you to think all I do is go fishing, but I went fishing with him on Friday. And, but but he let, we had to even score, I think. We were like five to five. So it, it need, Oh, I was up by one. I didn't mean to. Oh, I'm sorry. Her mother-in-law... Naomi reminded her that she was a daughter of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need that. We need somebody to come into our life and just remind us. You are a daughter of God. You're not in this life by chance. You're not in this time by chance. God has a purpose for you. And your title is daughter. Hallelujah. Daughter to the king. Now she was a daughter to God and and. Obviously, once she figured that out, her life began to change. It gave her purpose, and it gave her a future. And that's when Ruth became dangerous. When you figure out who you are in Jesus, you become dangerous. And the kingdom of darkness shudders when they see you coming. Ruth fought for God's promises and she refused to let her loss, her tragedy, her suffering, and her pain keep her from God's blessing and his future. 
And this is something that we all struggle with at times. But ladies, I just want you to understand today that as a daughter of God, you've got this. You've got this. You are dangerous for the kingdom if you recognize who you are in Christ. Ruth took back promises and she reclaimed her story. That's the other side of this thing. She reclaimed her story. She could have gone back to her own country, but she chose to stick it out with her aging mother-in-law. And God did the miraculous for her as a result. And did you know that Ruth was the great-great-grandmother to King David? Who is, of course, the line of Jesus? How cool is that? Ruth was a dangerous daughter. The next one, sticking in the Old Testament, is, wow, I heard a few of you say it. Good job. Some of you are tuned in. You'll find this, of course, in the book named for her. Esther was a young Jewish girl in a Jew-hating culture. Can I ask you this? Have you ever been in an environment where you were hated? Even as a Christian, how many have been in places where because of your faith, people treated you less than nice? Right? So we kind of have an idea of what she might have been going through. The previous queen had been removed because she had disobeyed the king. This is kind of leading up to Esther was selected to become the king. This new queen was, as I like to put it in modern terms, and I mean no disrespect, I'm just using a term from today, it would have been like, hey, this is my trophy wife. And what do you do with a trophy? You set it up on a stand where everybody can see it. Hey, that's my wife. It sounds kind of derogatory, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe it wasn't a few years ago, but today it's like, we don't treat women like objects, right? You guys are human beings. You ladies are human beings. You're daughters of God. You were created in His image. It doesn't get any better than that. But that's what this guy did. She was his compliant queen. Esther found herself in the wrong place at the right time. (laughs) I believe that's for the church today. We are in a place today. We are in the wrong place at the right time. We see it erupting all around us. The, The animosity toward us. The hypocritical standards. The darkness is good and the light is bad. It's like, how can that be? But it's happening right around us. And guess what? That's a good thing. Because that's where the church is needed the most. Just like Esther was needed in her time. Now if you don't know the story... There was so much hatred toward the Jewish people that they wanted them destroyed. One of, one of the uh, leaders under the king, his name was Haman, he hated the Jews. And he was coming up with all these sneaky, conniving ways to get rid of them. I'm not sure why. I really don't understand why somebody would feel that, that poorly about other people. But this was how he was. Enter Esther. She claimed her daughter's identity. Can can you hear me? She claimed her daughter's identity. She respectfully stood up for the truth with the king. Remember, the, the previous queen was dismissed because she disobeyed the king. So Esther was She was fearful. She was afraid that if she said anything to this king that was out of line, guess what was going to happen? 
So she went to him after praying. And she ended up turning the heart of the king towards her people. Esther refused to let other people's opinions keep her from standing up for what was right. We could use some of that godly boldness today. Esther was a dangerous daughter of God. Hallelujah. One more. And, and I love this lady just because she identifies with the epitome of motherhood. Hannah. Found in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. Hannah was a godly woman and she was desperate to be a mother. And Listen, I know that there are ladies in this church who haven't been able to give birth, haven't been able to conceive, whatever, whatever it is. Just keep trusting God. Keep looking up. And, and if you weren't able to have children, you know what? God had an, a better plan for you. I don't know what he's doing in your life, but I assume that you've figured out that, you know what? This is how you were made. But go after the Lord if you aren't able to have babies and you want to have one. Make sure that you continue to trust that God can make things happen just as he did with this woman. Hannah was a godly woman. That's key. She was already like the Proverbs 31 woman. She had a promise from God that she would one day be a mother, but it seemed like the waiting would never come to an end. And how many of you have found yourself there? You're praying for something fervently, praying for some kind of change, some kind of miracle. And it just seems like, you know what? It, God, is it ever going to end the waiting? Am I the only one? Well, you're awful quiet. This is where you're supposed to cheer me on a little. Yeah. Not me, but, you know, encourage me a little. Like, I know you're, you were so quiet, I thought the whole church fell asleep. In the pain of waiting, and I've seen this, I've witnessed this. In the pain of waiting, her peers, others ridiculed her now in her time in the old testament and, and we don't and maybe we still do this today if you didn't have a baby it was thought of that you had a curse on your life and trust me those ladies made sure she knew it you get what i'm saying they railed on her to the point where I'm certain she'd go home after being in the square, after getting dinner for her husband. I'm certain she went home and cried. God, how much longer? Maybe some of you can relate. But she kept putting God first. This is the key. She kept putting God first. God will honor your faithfulness. Don't give up. She refused to let her lack become her living. She refused to let her lack become her living. So often we, we find ourselves in these places and we're like, why is this falling apart? And, and instead of, God, I know you've got this, we just bow down to it and we give up and we say, yeah, this is just who I am now. It's not going to get any better. This must be who God wants me to be. No, don't give up. She refused to let her lack become her living. God's promise became her purpose. God's promise became her purpose by faith. And sometimes, as all hell seems to break loose against us, the only thing we can stand on is our faith. 
That's where you really see what a person is made of. When everything's coming at you, and it seems like you're done for, that's when you need to stand the strongest because your breakthrough is just on the other side of that hill. This is truth. This is truth. And then God blessed this woman with a son. Ah. Now, one of the weirdest things is this story. Because what did God ask her to do after he gave her this precious little baby? Give him up! It's like, wait a minute. What kind of a father are you? That's, I'm just saying it out loud, okay? Is, 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 I don't mean it. My point is this. How many of you, after having a little infant like that, after God finally blessed you with a child, would just willingly go, Hannah knew, but Hannah knew God had a plan for this little baby. And she was able to nurse him to the age of three, and I don't know how, because if you read the whole story there, you begin to see these, these priests who this baby was given to, this little boy at this point, man, they were, they were almost godless. And yet, she puts this little man in their hands and says, okay, I'm going to dedicate him to the Lord. Now, one of the cool things is that even after... Uh, she had given her little boy to the priest. She continued to nurse him for a season beyond that. So God made a way for her to still be in his life. And I suspect she went to the temple a lot. I'm just guessing, all right? Where was I? Sorry. I don't know if you know the story about Samuel. But Samuel became one of the most powerful prophets in the Bible. God spoke through him. Went through two of the, the most renowned kings, Saul and then David. And he was their spiritual advisor. How cool is that? Hannah knew she was a daughter of God. She prayed like it, mothered like it, and finally sacrificed like it. And I know many of you, I've watched my own mom, I've watched my wife. <laughs> God bless you guys. We're sitting there eating dinner, and we had four boys. And there wasn't enough. <sighs> I should have done that. I never did, but I should have. And it's like, how do, that's just in you guys. It's so cool. That giving, that sacrificing, it's just what you do. Because that's what daughters do. I know you moms know what I'm saying. H Hannah was a dangerous daughter. Say that with me. Hannah was a dangerous daughter. Now, we know the stories of these women and, and so many more in the Bible, but not because they qualified or were able to check off some list in Proverbs 31. No. Yes, Rahab was a prostitute. She had a past. Yes, Ruth was a countryless, poor widow. Yes, Esther was a young girl with no experience, no qualifications, to be the queen. Yes, Hannah was a childless woman desperately longing to be a mother. But much like the story of David being anointed king, he didn't pick the handsomest. He didn't pick the most wealthy. He didn't pick the smartest. He picked some ruddy little teenager who was out shepherding the sheep. 
God saw inside each one of these women. He knew there was strength. He knew there was dignity. He knew there was passion. They had purpose built into them, just as all of you do. He knew this because why? He put it there. He knew that if they could simply understand who they were in him, (laughs) there would be creative danger and power inside them that would be unmatched. And that's what I'm trying to get all of you to see today. Here's the application. It's God's desire for every woman, regardless of her age, stage, or season of life, to live like these God-fearing and praiseworthy women that we read about, have read about in the Bible and in Proverbs 31.30. How does a God-fearing woman go about doing this? I want to chair, share, chair, I want to chair three things. Can I chair three things with you? First, know your title. Does it look better up there? I guess you can see it better up there. Proverbs 31.30 says this. Charm is deceptive. Would you read it with me? Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. You know, one of the hardest things I see for women who are really pretty when they're younger is is as they age. (laughs) It's like, how do you deal with that? Because let's face it, you know, we, we don't look as good as we did when we were 18. I'm saying that about myself. Not picking on anybody else. And if that's all that you hang your life on, you're going to be in rough shape when you get old. So just keep that in mind. You might want to deal with this thing now. A woman's value is not based on her appearance nor her personality. You know, I know people that, man, you come in the room and they light it up. And I know others, you come in there and they're so stinking quiet, you don't even know they're there. They're like the little church mouse over in the corner, you know, not saying anything unless you say something to them. Neither one is better. We were all created in His image. God didn't make a mistake with you. (laughs) Recognize that. Regardless of who you are, your your future and your purpose as a daughter of God has nothing to do with how you look or your personality. In fact, I I believe it's contrary to them, if I can put it like that. A woman is beautiful when she surrenders to her heavenly Father and gets to know His love. That's when your true beauty comes out. When you figure out how God loves you and you begin to emulate that, you change. You judge less. You show mercy more. You're nice. I know that was true for me. I mean, this isn't just a daughter thing. This is a a son thing, too, for those of you who are sons of God. When you begin to love God and have that relationship with Him, you change for the good. That's the kind of God we serve. Listen to the title that God gives His daughters, and I, I love this. 2 Corinthians 6, 6.18 I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. The, the 
parentheses is just making a point. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children, which are the daughters and sons of God. You received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Look at your neighbor and say, you were adopted into God's kingdom. And now, daughter, son, and now, this word Abba, I can't even... One of the, the negatives when you translate from the Hebrew or the Greek into English is you lose the, the true meaning. I can't give the depth to this word Abba as the Greek does. But I just want you to understand it would be like you still have your son in your arms? Stand up, would you? I meant you stand up. That I looked at this guy earlier, Austin. I looked at Austin. He had his son in his arm. His head was in his... I hope you put deodorant on this morning. His, his head was it. I'm just messing with you. In his arm, and he was fast asleep. And I, I actually thought this. I thought, man, I'd like to climb into his arms... Not in a weird way, just, you know. Yeah. He looks so comfy. When you see this word, Abba, that's Daddy. He loves you. When he sees you coming, it's like when Corbin comes in the door. And I see him coming, and I get a, a big smile on my face. And every time, so far anyway, Every time, he lights up when he realizes, Papa! That's what it's like to have a relationship with Abba, your Heavenly Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that what? We're God's children, we're daughters, and we're sons of His. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all children daughters and sons of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. I, I, I've got to emphasize that faith part. It takes faith to believe. Amen. You can't do it without it. Have you ever seen God? Nope. People going to make fun of you? You what? You believe in some invisible God? What, what kind of a nut are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm only picking on him because he knows, and he won't beat me up later. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. We are his children. Jesus affirmed. How many remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood? What was it, 12 years? 12 years. Now, she wasn't living in modern day when we had plumbing. And she had, I'm just going to say she had an issue of blood. I'm going to leave it there. Imagine that never turning off. Hello? Everywhere you went, you're in pain, cramping. She was messed up. She went to all the local healers, the doctors of her time, but no, she spent all her money and nobody could help her. And then <laughs> she heard about this prophet. This Messiah, rabbi, as they call them, teacher, who he could heal people if he chose to. So she said, what have I got to lose? And she crawled into this crowded center of towns, town square, whatever, crawled into the mix of people, and everybody is like, oh, oh, why? Because... They felt, the Jewish people felt, that if you touched anybody who was spilling blood out, they were unclean. Then they had to go through this whole ceremony to get clean again before they could go to church. They did not like this lady. She was cursed. And this is what she went through for how many years? 12 years. She gets near Jesus. 
crowded people, gets near Jesus, and touches the hem on his garment. And Jesus is like, who touched me? You think he's not the son of God. He's crowded around by all these people. And what does he feel? His daughter, who was hurting, who needed a healing. He felt it. And he didn't say, because his disciples are like, what? Are you crazy, Jesus? What do you mean, who touched you? You're surrounded by a gazillion people here. And he said, no. Somebody just exercised their faith. Hallelujah. Woo! And that's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God you serve. If you've placed Jesus at the head of your life. Jesus looked at her and he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. Listen, I know this happened a couple thousand years ago, but the same Jesus that was standing in that city square is the same Jesus that we serve today. Only now, now he's seated where? At the right hand of our Father, where he is mediating on your behalf. So if you think, when you get on your knees and you pray, God, I have something I can't do myself. I need you. You think he can't hear you? And now he's running heaven. Hello? Somebody help me get back up. Oh, man, I'm taking too much time here. i got to get back to All right, excuse me just a second, just in case John. God never wanted any of these titles for his children, for his daughters, wife, mom, sister, aunt, you name it. That was never his plan. That is never who you are. That's not your identity, ladies. You are a daughter of God first. Everything else is secondary. Everything. Say it aloud with me. I am a daughter of God. Let's say it one more time. I am a daughter of God. You know what I like? You sound like you mean it this time. Hallelujah. That title trumps all other titles. When somebody berates you with another title, you just say this out loud. I am a daughter of God. Live with that truth every single day. Then you can remind the devil when he comes up to you and he, he tries to tell you, you're a horrible mother. And you can just stand there and look at him and say, I am a daughter of God. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Number two, know your purpose. God created you. God created you in his image on purpose, and for a purpose. The character traits that we see, the virtues that we read about in Proverbs 31, they're actually a poem, not a checklist. And when I, I first saw this in Hebrew, it's actually the beginning, the Aleph, and it, it goes through the whole alphabet of, of the Hebrew alphabet, which is kind of cool, which was supposed to be easier for them to memorize it, which they did a lot of back then. We don't do that so much anymore because we've got it right here. Maybe that's not a good thing. Fulfilling every trait listed 
in Proverbs 31 doesn't make a woman God-fearing or worthy of praise. From identity as a daughter of God, you live in the traits and the virtues that fit your age, your stage, and your season of life. And what I'm trying to say is you're all made different and you're all in different stages and if you're younger you can't compare yourself to the older ladies and if you're older you can't compare yourself to the younger ladies you're in a different time a different stage neither one is better look we're all heading for the same place right and as I understand Scripture, when we get there, we're going to be given these amazing glorified bodies. And, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I believe I'm going to look good. <laughs> and so are you, if you don't think so now. Hallelujah. I want to just go through these traits real quick, these virtues. They're real easy. Faith-filled and, and I've listed these. If, if, you have, if you want to, you can take a snapshot of that. I'm going to give you about, how many of them? Eight of them. Faith-filled. This is where you'll find it. Or you can go back and watch it online. That'd be even easier. Wife. Woohoo! I love my wife. I would be, man, I hope you agree, I would be such a mess without my wife. I think of that so much. Every, I thank her when she does laundry. I'm not trying to get anybody else in trouble. I'm telling you because I hate doing laundry. Now let me just say, I'll do the dishes. All right? That's my little part. She makes the mess. I clean it up. I don't mind. Well, I, but she's a good cook, as you can see. This ain't restaurant food. Mother, my mother's 92, and I want to tell you what, she was a great example for us, for the, all her kids, I have four brother, or three brothers and a sister, for all five of us, she was a great example of what a mother was, and she lost a, a daughter, uh, she'd be a little older than me when I was young, I didn't know this till later on, but how she handled that. I heard her crying. I heard her crying, weeping for that child. This was years later. And I never understood it until I got older. Now I understand what she went through. Mothers are amazing. Health. You guys are the epitome of health, and your family is who you are. I'm not going to point anybody out. Don't look around. Just read this. Servant-hearted. This is something, again, I saw in my mother. I see in my wife as a mother. You guys do things that nobody else... You, you take the jobs nobody else wants to do. Right? Why steward? Another great virtue. A mom that's not out having to get the... What is it? I'm going to say it wrong. Vasucci? But... What's the purse? Versace? See, that shows you I've never bought my wife one of those. You buy a Versace purse, man, you're, that, that's part of a car payment. Or a part of a car, I should say. It's crazy. But a, a, a wife that's got common sense is going to go, I'm not spending two grand on a purse. I like that. I like that. She said she wants two grand in her purse if you're listening to this online. Now this, this word, I had to stop and think about it. She's industrious. I worked in a factory. There was a lot going on in that place. This just means you will make things work. If something broke down, you'd figure it out. All right? That's what it means. That you're going to make something work, even though you may not have everything your neighbor has. 
It's still going to get the job done. Inner beauty. Oh. If you say you got it, you probably don't. Who said that over there? <laughs> no, you have it. She's just being funny. Inner beauty is something that you know if somebody has it or not. When you get around them, you recognize it. And this is the one thing that I feel, it's, it's almost like a holy glow. When God is in you and on you, hmm, you radiate that. That's what inner beauty is. Identify the traits and the virtues that reflect your current age, your stage, and your season of life. As a daughter of God, begin to live out your purpose in everything you do. There is no perfection in any of these virtues. I want to say that again. There is no perfection in any of these virtues. Only progress. As you live in your God-given identity. That's so good, I want to say it one more time. There is no perfection in any of these virtues. Only progress. That's what you... Are you the same today as you were a week ago? A month ago? A year ago? If not, then there's progress. Encourage yourself with that. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. And that's good news. Finally, number three, live dangerously. As a daughter of God, start living dangerously. And I, I always think of like Rambo. I'm trying to think of a woman in the... Anyway, I shouldn't even be going to Hollywood, but you get the idea. All right, I just shared four great illustrations of daughters who lived dangerous. And listen to this. Because you are one of God's, you are dangerous to the enemy. Hear this. So if it feels like every day is a battle, that's because it is. Because you're a dangerous daughter. And the enemy does not want you getting up out of bed, defeating your territory, or defending your territory, defeating the enemy that's trying to eat your family's lunch or your lunch. John 10, 10, first part of it. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. To steal your abundant life, to kill you and destroy your memory. He doesn't want anything left of you or your family if you're God-fearing. He wants to obliterate you because he hates you. Not because of you, but because of whose daughter and son you are. God needs dangerous daughters to rise up and fight back. Fight the enemy in your home, your marriage, your workplace. And fight for your kids in this or wherever you live, your community. Man, do we need this today. We need some hot moms that are just ticked. They're just fed up with what's going on around us. They need to bring God back into these environments. The church needs dangerous daughters who will make the devil nervous simply because you got out of bed. <laughs> Oh no, Mary just got up. Don't mess with her. I tried to mess with her marriage last week. She prayed and fought for it. And their marriage is better this week. And I'm not talking about, maybe you did fight like that. I don't know. Yikes, Emily's up. I tried to mess with her finances last week. She talked it over with her Heavenly Father. She refused to let me steal her blessing. Amen. One more. Natalie's up. Oh. 
I tried to mess with her kids last week. She asked her Heavenly Father for power and protection. That girl blew us up. This is how it should be when, the, when, the, when you get out of bed. The devil says, don't mess with those girls. They're dangerous. It's time we had some dangerous daughters rise up. Would you stand with me as I begin to close? As God's daughter, God loves you. He, he sees you different and loves you extravagantly. God's love for you has nothing to do with your weight, how good you look in makeup, your age, your achievements, your children, your trophy husband, if you have one, or the amount of money in your purse or bank account. Your Heavenly Father loves you. And I do recognize, and this comes from the bottom of my heart, that for some of you, your earthly father was less than a good father, if you even knew him. And you bear the emotional and the physical scars from that relationship or lack of. But whether your earthly father was healthy or harmful, your heavenly father is perfect in every way. He'll never let you down. And listen to this, you don't have to perform to receive it. You just have to accept it. Hallelujah. That's really good news. So if you're a mom, imagine how much you love your kids. Guess what? Your Heavenly Father loves you even more. And there's nothing that you can do <laughs> that would make him love you more or less. God is your heavenly father. And you, and you, and you are his dangerous daughters. You're beautiful to him. And you're priceless to him. So much so he said, Jesus said, your father loves you so much. He sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. That's how much God loves you. Here's a recap real quick. Ladies, say this with me. I am a daughter of God. One more time with a little oomph. I'm a daughter of God. Thank you. Now, I want you to repeat this. It's just a short statement. If you'll trust me, it's a good one. And this just says a lot about you. And, and from this point forward, where you want to go, this is what it is. Would you say this with me, ladies? It's not about what I do. It's about who I am. No matter my age, stage, or season of life, I will abandon the checklist and lean into my kingdom purpose in every area of my life. I will stop living safe and start living dangerously. Amen. Woo! Before I pray, I had three questions that I just want you to consider. And what I'm going to say is this, if you feel led and, and, and if you feel a deficiency in any of these areas or, or the Holy Spirit just says, I just want you to take a step of faith today and just go down there. Nobody's judging you. And I'm not doing this for a parade. I'm not doing this to show off here at this church. I'm doing this as a moment between you and what God wants to do in you. That's all this is about. This is a step of faith where you're saying, yes, I want all God has for me. First, number one question. 
Where am I letting my identity be determined by anything or anyone other than God? You are God's daughter. There's no other title that should be attached to you that has preeminence. This is number one. This is who you are. Number two, what is God asking me to do today? What purpose should I be leaning into? Hello? Do you know what your purpose is? And are you trusting God to get you to that place where he can use you to bring glory and praise to his name? Finally, number three, why am I playing it safe? Where could I step out, be courageous, and be a dangerous daughter for God? If you feel led in any of these areas or just touching on you right now, Again, nobody's here to judge. Just come forward. Just receive from the Holy Spirit. Let him, let him do what only he can do. identity be determined by somebody else. If that's you, get down here. God wants to dunk, do something in you today that you need desperately. You know what your purpose is? It's not. Come on down. Ask the Lord. What is my purpose? Finally, are you playing it safe? Listen, I do the same thing. I'll go out of the way to miss places where I know it's going to cost me. <laughs> Don't be that person. God wants to use you. He wants you to become a dangerous daughter. And that's going to be different for every one of you. Are you willing to trust God today? Come on, Jesus. I'm making room for you this morning. Do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. Here is where I laying it down for you, Lord. Father, help me to fall in love with you if I'm not already. I need your tender mercies. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I want to be a dangerous daughter. <laughs> I want to know my purpose. 
And I trust today you're going to give me a boldness to be that dangerous daughter. To go into places that just need the truth or that just need Jesus. Who is truth? Today, I pray that you would help me with all my struggles. And when I get out of bed, I'm going to have such a relationship with you that the enemy's going to go. Oh no, she's awake. Look out. I see dangerous daughters right here. God loves you. For some of you, that's all you need to live, leave here with today. God loves you. It's not because of anything you're doing or you did. It's because He is infinite in His love for you. You can't change that. He accepted a prostitute and a queen and a widow woman and a barren woman and he called them his daughters you are his daughters now go out of here today rejoicing that you're what a dangerous daughter ha